What's up? Welcome online to South Point. My name is Mark. Man, and I'm glad that you were joining us. Excited about what we're going to be talking about today. I guess something I think is going to apply to every single one of you, no matter where you are uh, in life or even where you are right now. Especially if this is your first time with us, I want to say thank you for joining us, man. I'm glad that you picked, I don't know, today to be the day that you check us out for the first time. I hope you kind of get engaged beyond just the weekend service because there's a whole lot more than what you're going to see right now in the next few minutes. All right, what I want to let you know, so in case you probably already know, everybody that's out there, we um, kind of send an email out and put it on social media. We, the elders have decided that it's time for us to start gathering together again. We're excited about this. Next weekend, June 13th and 14th, we're going to be physically gathering in our Trenton location. So, we're, hey, we're excited about that. Um, so right now, we're not going to launch our Allen Park campus. We're going to open it yet, not in this phase. But we're going to do that very quickly. That's the plan anyway. So if you're in Allen Park campus, Trenton campus, online, you've been watching us online, wherever you are, you're welcome to come hang out with us next weekend if you're medically able to or feel comfortable. Hey, if you don't, that's okay. You can continue to join online, watch services online. But if you do, I want to let you know about some of the gathering guidelines that we have in place. We send them out via email, social media, but maybe you haven't seen it. So you can check southpointccc.com to get all those details and information. Um, it's things like this. We're going to be socially distancing, so we have um, extra space. Like there's going to be fewer people in each of our three services, Saturday night, Sunday. So there's going to be fewer people in our large auditorium, lots of space. So that means you're going to need to register online to get a seat. Yeah, that's right. You, your kids, your whole family, if you're coming, you need to go to our website, South ecc.com to register. It's weird to think you got to register to come to church, but in this season, it's just a safe way to do things because we're going to be practicing social distancing. That means our services will be touch-free. We're not going to be passing any buckets or plates. Um, I also need to with you. Uh, your mask will be required to get in the door and as you walk through the lobby, but once you get into the auditorium and have a seat, then you're welcome um, to take that off if you would like to. That's your option. That's kind of the state guidelines for restaurants. And we feel like that's a good guideline for us to be safe during the season. So again, if you have any more questions or all the guidelines, you can go to our website, southpointccc.com. And that's also where you can register for a spot to be here. Uh, registration opens every Sunday at 1 p.m. So now you know. All right, hey, here's, gonna, here's the message this weekend. We're going to be talking about something, I think, again, I think it affects every single person. And honestly, this is one of those things that kind of changes lives. It really does. So I want to ask you this question. Where would you like to be five, ten years from now? Like, where would you like to be five, ten years from now? Uh, your relationships, your, your friendships, your career, your family, just you as a person, not just physically, where would you like to be, but as a person, where would you like to be? Would any, would, would, would any of you say, I'd like to be broke? <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to ruin my marriage. I'd like to destroy all my friendships, lose all my friends, and become a world-class jerk. <laughs> would anybody say that? Probably not, right? 
But the truth is a lot of us would have said that five to 10 years ago as well. Like five to 10 years ago, if somebody would have asked me, I would have said, no, of course not. And yet a lot of us find ourselves in situations that we didn't want to be in. A lot of us are asking, how did I get here? What's going on? How did it get so bad? We're talking about temptation today. And I think every single one of us, man, we can feel this effect because every marriage that is destroyed, is about to blow up right now, might have started with a decision seven years ago. One choice years ago. Relationships that are about to blow up right now honestly started years ago with one decision. Careers, our future. Listen, I believe you want what's best for your life, but the truth is we don't always get it. We don't experience it. And I think every single one of us, if we could rewind the clock, the tape, and go back to the moment where it all began to go south, to go wrong, I bet you would. But we can't. My wife and I, it's kind of cool. My wife's actually right here. She's the one person to get to preach to tonight, right? She's right here with me. It's kind of cool to have her here. But my wife, Cindy, and I, we were the same, dude. Like, I know that you think, I don't know what you may think about us, but we were there on the brink of being destroyed. Like five to 10 years before we were there, we wouldn't have said we wanted to be there, but we were about to, our, we haven't even gotten married yet, but we were about to destroy each other and our family. But here we are 22 years later. We were able to avoid a few of the things that we're gonna be talking about. No matter where you are, we all know five, 10 years from now, you wanna be somewhere. Where do you wanna, how are you gonna get there? Starts with the story of my friend Chris Simpkins. <laughs> in his front yard, he had this huge magnolia tree. A bunch of you guys from the north, I don't know if you see them a lot, but in the south, we have magnolia trees everywhere. And they have the coolest pine cones ever. There's a picture on the screen so you can see what a pine cone and a magnolia tree looks like. You know, it's kind of like a pineapple with a long stem. Look at the stem, you see where the lighter color begins? Okay, so this is the way they fall off the tree. And they would be in the front yard or we'd climb up the tree and grab them off. And dude, they make the most amazing hand grenades. That's right. They make the most amazing hand grenades when we were playing war in our front yard. We would take those off and you notice where the light color stem begins? You could break it off real easy. And so you'd hold it in your hand, you break off the stem, you count to two, and then you throw it just like a real live hand grenade. Dude, it was amazing. They were the greatest hand grenades ever. Why am I telling you that story? Because temptation is what we're talking about. And temptation is like a hand grenade. A friend gave me this, man. It's not live. Don't worry. I wouldn't be messing around with a real one. It's like a hand grenade, dude. It can cause all kinds of destruction. Listen, sitting here in my hand, it's, it's potentially, it can destroy my life. But unless I pull that pen, it's not going to. Temptation is not a sin. Temptation is a desire to do, to sin. And until I pull that pen, it's not. Temptation isn't my enemy. My finances are not my enemy. There's another enemy. Listen, I don't know if you know this or not. But if you want to be somewhere five to 10 years from now, you're going to have to trust someone or something to help you get there, right? That's the problem that we face. Oftentimes, we pick the wrong person. We pick the wrong thing to trust. And we never realize that best life, even though I know you want what's best for your life and the people around you, but we don't experience it because we get sidetracked trusting the wrong person. And what happens is we end up finding a hand grenade in our life and we pull the pin. Someone said it's okay to hang out with that person. Said it's okay to 
mess around with that girl even though you're married. Someone said it's okay to cheat this one time. Someone said it's okay to do that with your taxes. Someone said it's okay for this, right? And you didn't know it, or maybe you did know it, but whatever situation you found yourself in, you got handed one of these and you pulled the pin. And if you could rewind the tape, I honestly believe you rewind, you rewind the tape to those moments in your life where it started to go south, you're gonna find a moment of temptation or a few moments of temptation where if you would have just not pulled that pin, your marriage may not be where it is. If you would have just left that pin in there, your family, your career, your reputation wouldn't be where it is. Who do you trust? I don't know if you know this or not, but there is a war going on for your trust, for my trust. There is a war, and I'm not talking about the little war that me and my buddies were having out in the front yard with magnolia pine cones. I'm talking about a spiritual battle for your soul, for your trust. Do you believe that God wants what's best for your life? Because there there's enemies that are trying to get you to trust them instead of God. And they want to give you these grenades. I don't know if you knew that or not, but that's what I want to do today. I want to help you experience that best life because God wants what's best for you. He doesn't want you to be exactly where you are. He wants you to be someplace in a lot better place than where you are right now. And he can help you find it. He can help you experience it and overcome whatever it is in your life. The question is who you're going to trust. And in order to kind of make a plan, because that's what I want to help you do, we got to know our enemies. We got to know our enemies. Know what you're up against. Know that you got enemies. Again, I said temptation is not your enemy. Your finances are not your enemy. Your boss is not your enemy. Your mother-in-law is not your enemy. Your kids, your parents, they're not your enemy. Scripture tells us we have three enemies. Here they are in Ephesians. Ephesians tells us this, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, every single one of us, this affects every single one of us, lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Every single one of us, we have three enemies, the devil, who is the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the world, and our own evil desires, which is our sinful nature. Those are your three enemies. And they tr they're vying for your trust. They want you to believe that they want what's best for your life. And if you trust them, they'll get you to where you want to be. God says those are your enemies. You can't trust them. But oftentimes we do. I want to talk about the devil first. The devil, the devil is real. The devil is real. The devil's real. His best strategy is to get you to believe that he's not real to get you to think that he's some cartoon character, fictitious, uh, fictitional character, like, you know, red with a tail and a pitchfork and horns. He's not real. He's just a, a figure. Or that he's a personification of evil, not a real being that's out to attack us. Jesus is so clear that the devil is real. He is a real enemy, and he's out to get us. He lost to God, and so now he can't beat God, so he's coming after God's creation. That's you and me, his children. And he wants to destroy us. And the way he does it is by handing us a bunch of hand grenades. He tempts us. He says, hey, trust me, this is not going to hurt. Trust me, this is better for you. Trust me, this is where it's going to get you where you want to be in five to ten years from now. And God says, no, you can't trust him. He's a deceiver. He twists the truth. The apostle Paul says it like this, watch out for the attacks from the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim to devour 
Look back over the tape the last few years. You know that you've seen some of these grenades in your life, in your friends' lives, in your family's lives, and they've destroyed them. Somebody said it wouldn't hurt. The devil is clever. He's powerful, more powerful than you, cleverer than you. But you know what his weakness is? He can't pull the pen. He has no power over you. He can't make you do a thing. So if you resist him, if you don't even accept the grenade, then you can overcome him. He can't pull the pen for you. Only you can. Second enemy. He's not the only enemy. Second enemy is the world. The world. The world is anybody, any people, any person or system that has been deceived by the devil and now wants you to trust them and follow like our, our physical worldly senses. You see, God created us with natural desires and cravings, right? We have a mind that can think and senses that can feel and taste and touch experience things, and those are good, but the world wants to twist those desires into what's called lust, and lust is anything that wants, that it's, it's a desire to do something that God does not want us to do. Listen how the Apostle John says this, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. That's what the, f- the world is, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. What is that? The lust of the flesh. It's what we, our passions, our desires. God gives us a desire for sex, for sexual intimacy, and we turn it and twist it into lust and use it in ways that God asks us not to. The pride of, the lust of the eyes, where we look at things, we want things that aren't ours, and we're willing to steal, cheat to get them. We twist it. Or the pride of life, you know, when we want power and prestige and, 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 um, uh, and fame and fortune. And be willing to do things that God asks us not to do in order to get them. You see, the world says, trust me. The devil says, here's a grenade and it, trust me, it's good for you. It's not bad. The world wants to give you a grenade and paint it all pretty and bedazzle it and say, hey, look at it. It's cool. It's going to be great. Trust me. It's all, we're all doing it. Think about the slogans that you hear in life. Like, hey, you only have one life to live, so live it up. I'd rather uh, cr- uh, laugh with the sinners than lie, I mean, cry with the saints. Uh, YOLO, do you. What, right? All of these phrases, that's the world. Think of advertisement. The world says this. If you don't feel good, try this. That don't work, get more of that. Do that. Indulge, indulge more and more. They try to give you cheap substitutes for what God, the life that God intends for you. You can't trust them. And though we're surrounded by it, the world. And then enemy number three is me. (laughs) It's you. It's our own evil desire. I'm my own worst enemy. You're your own worst enemy. Our sin, our nature is corrupted from the very core and we choose sin. Like we naturally just, we're bent to choose sin, to want sin. We want to blame God. We want to blame the world. We want to blame the devil. We want to blame everything. But I'm the one to blame. Listen to how James says it. The the brother of Jesus, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God does not tempt anyone. Never will God ever hand you a hand grenade. You're never going to have to worry about wondering if God's ever going to give you anything that's not good for you. Never. But each one is tempted by when our, his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. God's not the one that's tempting me. God's not the one that's ruining my marriage. That's not the reason why my marriage is struggling. The devil's not the reason why my family is pulling apart and I'm lying to everybody. The world isn't the reason why I'm acting the way that I am and I'm living the way that I am. I'm not experiencing the life that I want to live. The truth is, if I rewind that tape, 
If I go back, there's a moment when my evil desire, me, Mark Essek, I can't blame my wife, I can't blame my kids, I can't blame you, I can't blame anybody. There's a moment when my evil desire was enticed and I was dragged away and I pulled that pen. Whether it's because I was deceived, whether it's because I was ignorant, or whether it was because I was prideful, or whether it was because I just wanted open rebelling against God. My evil desire was enticed. I grabbed, the, I grabbed that grenade and I pulled it, man. And my kids suffered, and my wife suffered, and those around me suffered, and God suffered. Because he didn't want to see me like this. He didn't want the world to be like this. And that's what our world is. Don't you understand that? There's so much pain in this world, not because of the world, but because of us, because of our own evil desires. We keep pulling the same pins over and over because we're trusting the wrong people. I want what's best for your life because I know you do too, and so does God. God wants what's best for your life. I cannot overemphasize this. God wants what's best for your life. Do you, who do you trust? Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to trust? Look at your life right now. Who do you trust? Who are you trusting? Who are you banking on to get that five to ten years, to get the life that you think you need or want? There's another option, you know. You can trust Jesus. You can trust Jesus. And what Jesus says is this. When you trust Jesus, he says you can't overcome this stuff. But I'm going to give you resources to help you overcome. To let you experience that life, the best life that I have for you, which is our big idea. Trust Jesus to equip you to overcome temptation. Trust Jesus and you won't get blown up by grenades. Trust Jesus and you're gonna learn how to avoid it, to resist it, to not pull that pin. Trust Jesus because he wants what's best for you. Do you believe that? Who do you trust? It all comes down to trust. Jesus is an option. Here's the resources that he says that he's gonna give you. Number, resource number one is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Every team needs a great coach. Every great team needs a great coach. A great coach is one that always knows what to do, right? Knows what to say in the right moment. Knows what play to call. Knows how to motivate the player. Knows everything in that moment, right? The Holy Spirit's like that coach because you see, we can't overpower the devil. We can't overpower the world. We need a power and, um, and a wisdom beyond ourselves. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. That's why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. You cannot please God under your sinful nature. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. You see, before trusting Jesus, we're on our own. And this is the hardest thing for believers, I think, to understand is that when we say yes to Jesus and are baptized, we are no longer alone. Like, I'm not alone. I don't have to live like I'm on my own anymore. I've got coach right here with me. I've got coach. I'm a part of a team. You know how when you're part of a great team, even like a gang, right? When you walk into a place, man, you don't, the, this, the things that used to be impossible, you don't think are impossible anymore because you got a team. Things that you were scared of, you're not scared of anymore because you got a team. Me and coach, man, we can do anything together. Holy Spirit. You've got a new identity. You're part of a new team. And sometimes we just forget that. John says it like this. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Satan's in the world, but the Holy Spirit is in all believers who have trusted Jesus. And you have what's inside of you is greater than anything that you will ever come up against in this life. Did you know that? Do you believe that? Because if you did, you can live differently. You can live confidently because you would trust 
that you've got coach, the greatest counselor, the greatest power. You're a part of this family. Second resource he gives you is God's word. It's like God's playbook. Listen now, Timothy, and Paul says it to Timothy. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's like a playbook for life. You want to be equipped, you need a playbook, right? Coach draws up the play, and then your job is to study that playbook to know where you're supposed to be at every moment. In a, in a battle, right, a general, somebody's drawn up a battle plan so that everybody be coordinated and be ready for whatever. God's word is like his playbook, to help us be prepared for whatever comes our way. He knows what you need. Jesus, it was even his playbook. So Jesus was out in the wilderness for 40 days fasting. And the devil comes tempting him. And every time the devil tempts him, you know what he did? He says, it is written. And then he quotes scripture that he had memorized. He placed in his heart. He resisted the devil with scripture because scripture told him what to do. And he was ready to overcome. You know what James tells us? When we resist the devil, he will flee. That's what happens. When you resist the devil, he's gone. Because he can't, he has no power over you. You can resist him with God's word. It's our playbook. And the third resource is prayer. Communication is so important in war and game and battles, whatever, like essential. You have a direct line to the king, to the general. Imagine if in the middle of the moment when you're surrounded by the enemy and you don't know what to do, you could call, hey, the general, the king, what, am I, what do I do right now? You could call coach right now. In the moment when you feel tempted like you're about to punch somebody or say something or do something or give in to lust or whatever and you know that you shouldn't, what if you could call? You can. Jesus told his disciples, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Watch and pray so that you will, fall not, you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We're weak. It's okay. We can't overcome it. But we got coach. We got God right on our side. Do you ever stop and pray? We gotta get better at our prayer game to be able to hear and listen to God. And the fourth resource he gives us is the church. Church, man, we're not alone, not just spiritually alone, we're not physically alone. We have brothers and sisters that can do this life with us that have already done things that we can learn from that can teach us what a grenade is. Hey dude, don't, don't, don't go there, that's a grenade, brother. Hey, don't do that, help us. We can learn from them and they can learn from us. We can encourage each other and equip each other First Thessalonians, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. So we got four resources. We know our enemies, we know our resources. Now it's time to draw up a battle plan. I want you to be prepared for whatever's gonna come. Here's how it works. Step number one, you just gotta recognize you can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. I cannot overpower the enemy. I cannot overpower the devil, the world. I cannot, but Jesus can. He never asked me to be able to overpower. He said that he can. Greater is the one that is in me than the one that is in the world. If you do not have the Holy Spirit, then we cannot do this. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot overcome. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Have you said yes to Jesus? If not, that's your first step. Trust Jesus so he can give you what you need. That's what your first step is. If you've said yes to Jesus, all right. And here's what we do. Every day we wake up with that knowledge and we begin to pray because prayer is our communication. Prayer is a communication with the king. Every day we wake up and we remind ourselves we have the Holy Spirit. We're in God's family. We can overcome. We're going to open up God's word every day because we need the playbook. And what do I do today? We need the playbook to understand what temptation is because sometimes I don't even know what temptation is and isn't because the way where you grew up, that language, that word, that TV show, that whatever was okay. It was normal. 
You don't even know what God's word is, what says is right or wrong. So we open up God's word every day because now we're learning what God's playbook is, what's right and what's wrong, so that when I know what he says, I can choose to obey. So prayer and God's word every day. And then we begin to make an action plan for these temptations. So let's do this. Here's what I want you to do. Literally, I want you to write down every temptation, every grenade that's in your life. Write down anywhere in your life where you're struggling with temptation. Literally, write down every single thing you can think of. Maybe it's like, I, 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 I'm tempted to lie to my parents every time they ask me questions like, where have I been or how am I doing? I'm tempted to lie to my kids or not be honest with them when I know that I made a mistake and I don't confess it to them. I'm, Tempted to cheat, to lie, lust with my eyes. I don't know. Write, every, write it down. Write every single thing you can think of that you're tempted to do. That's to begin to make a plan, I promise you. Write them down. Put it on your phone, write them down. And then every day, right, we're praying and we're opening up God's word. Now we're going to begin to pray specifically these temptations. God, here's the list of the things that I'm struggling with. What does your word say about them? God, here's a list of everything that I'm, here's all the grenades, the pitfalls that I'm trying to avoid. What does your word say about them? That's God's word in prayer. And then he started using the church. Call a friend, a fellow believer, and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Could you help hold me accountable? You see right there is an action plan. Now let's get super specific. Maybe it's less that you struggle with. Maybe specifically you, stress, you, you struggle when you're flipping through you know, Instagram or, or social media or a dating app or watching TV or sh shows or something. I don't know, wherever it is where you struggle with lust, can this make a specific action plan? That's where I struggle. So one, we want to make a plan to avoid it, to escape it or conquer it. How can I avoid it? One, I can cut the cord. I can get rid of the app. I can get rid of from my phone. I can get rid of social media. I can I can get rid of Netflix. And you say, well, that's crazy. No, it's not. Listen, this grenade, if it goes off, it's going to ruin your family, your friendships, a whole lot more. Get rid of it if you need to. That's one way you can avoid it. You can escape it maybe by telling a friend about it. Hey, I'm struggling with this. Would you help me? Give them your password so that you can, they can help you hold you accountable and check it every week. Let me know, right? You can conquer it. You can get rid of it. There's lots of ways to overcome it. Maybe it's gossip and slander. Maybe it's with a certain person. You can avoid that conversation. Maybe you can escape it by going to that person and saying, listen, I'm sorry that I always slander people around you. Will you please help me? I want to stop. You can conquer it by telling a friend about it so they can hold you accountable. Listen, who do you trust? I know you want what's best for your life, but did you know that God wants what's best for your life? Make a plan. He's given you everything that you need to overcome. Who will you trust? Five to 10 years from now, you're gonna be somewhere where you wanna be. Who are you gonna to trust to get you there? Make a plan to avoid it, to escape it or conquer it. And if you don't, then you confess it. Here's what John says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful to destroy us. Nope, to forgive us, to cleanse us from every wrong. It's amazing, isn't it? Maybe that's where you are right now. You know something's not right. Confess it. Whether you're a believer, whether you're a non-believer, wherever you are, man, this is the beginning. Confess. Confess that I'm a sinner. Confess that I messed up. Confess. And then trust Jesus. And he says he'll give you everything that you're going to need to experience the greatest life you can possibly. It all starts with this big idea. Trust Jesus to equip you to overcome temptation. Right now, we want to give you a chance to respond. I know you don't want to end up bankrupt, destroyed five, ten years from now. Neither does God. It begins right now. Who are you going to trust? He says, please trust Jesus. 
text us, 734-304-7248. Text us your name, email us next at southpointccc.com. We're here, we'll, we'll accept it. We're gonna be having a conversation with you. We'll reach out to you, help you take the next step, whatever it takes. We're here to help you, to save your family, your friends, your future, because we love you because Jesus loved us, man. Those grenades, you can't get rid of them, but you can't overcome them. It's not too late. So today I want you to encourage you to decide to follow Jesus. So during this song, or wherever you are, say yes to Jesus. Let us know so we can help you take that next step.